Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there, this is Blake Lindsay. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. This week we will be focusing on marriage. If you are not married, you can still take some mental notes so that you are prepared when the time comes. Zig has written a book titled Courtship After Marriage. He wants to share some of his good advice from the book. Just like you, I'm going to turn my speakers up and I'll be back in a few minutes to close. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. On occasion, need to take some time out from each other. My good friends, Phil and Carol Glasgow, back in 1981, started something that is so neat. They had uh, three children who were two years old, two years old, and five years old. No, they were not twins. When she was expecting a baby, they had put in earlier to adopt a baby. So they had two of them at two years old and one of them at five. Now, you mothers will agree she had her hands full, right? Well, old Phil one day concocted this brilliant idea. He sent Carol off to a resort area for a full week. She could sleep as late as she want, have breakfast sent to their room, spend the day in the sauna or around the pool doing all of the things that she wanted to do and forget all about the family. Phil took that week off from work and he was mom and dad. He took care of cleaning the house, cooking all the meals, looking after all the baby's needs. And then when Carol got home, it was a magnificent reunion. I'll tell you, Phil was so relieved, totally exhausted, (laughs) but it had been such a wonderful experience, and Carol was so glad to get her arms around those little ones as well as the big one. It gave Phil a brand new appreciation for what the household executive really does have to do. I'll tell you, the average male simply does not have the stamina to do things like that on a sustained basis. Now understand, I know that's rare. Most people cannot afford to send their mate off for a week in a luxury resort area. But you can squirrel away a few bucks and at least let your wife have a Saturday where she sleeps until she decides to get up, where she then uh, goes to where she wants to go, let her go to a sauna, let her go shopping. And fellas, remember, when a woman goes shopping, that definitely does not mean she's necessarily going to buy anything. On occasion, it's relatively safe. Not always, understand, uh, but it, uh, it can be very 
saved. You can uh, swap babysitting chores with other couples to get off together, but you need to take time out. Basically what I'm saying is if you want to be treated like a king, every castle needs a queen. Treat her like a queen, she'll treat you like a king. And it works the other way, of course. Got to remember that man doesn't live by bread alone. He needs to be buttered up from time to time. And you got to live, you got to remember that the woman doesn't live by bread alone. She needs to be buttered up from time to time. Now, I wouldn't accuse you ladies of being manipulative, but I just want to offer you a thought or two on a particular item. In all the years I've been beating the bushes, I have never yet met a member of the female species who did not agree enthusiastically that their husband was the greatest in the whole world at barbecuing on the grill. They go to great detail about how marvelous he is. What a one, oh, I can't even begin to hold a cannon. He is absolutely magnificent. And you know, uh, uh, behavior that is recognized and rewarded is repeated. So dear husband, you know, every time he gets a chance, man, he heads for the grill because he's the best in the whole world. I mean, he is good. The thing that's always amazed me more than amused me is ladies, that works so good on the grill. Wonder why, if you use the same approach and a lot of the other things, it wouldn't work just as well. Encourage him. He needs encouragement around that house. And I know uh, that this might sound like uh, I'm encouraging you to be manipulative. Not at all. I'm simply encouraging you to use your charms and your wits to get the kind of help you need around the house. Now I'd like to inject a short commercial for sex. We, the long ones come later. Now, while these little things apparently have nothing to do with the sexual relationship between husband and wives, they actually have everything to do with that relationship. The joining together of a man and his wife in the ultimate intimacy of the sexual act is the most beautiful and meaningful aspect of the relationship. And all aspects of the relationships are improved by gentle acts of kindness, consideration, and thoughtfulness. Courtship, how much fun it is. You need to be nice when it's tough and you don't feel like being nice. When you're feeling bad, you'll get tons of credit if you're very careful about the way you deal with your mate. I clipped out a few letters from the Dallas Morning News from ladies who had written in. One of them says, I have a husband who actually helps around the house. He not only does the yard work and trash, but also helps inside the house. I do not find wet towels on the floor, socks and clothes strung hither and yon, toothpaste caps everywhere, or beard stubble in the bathroom sink. The other night I came home from work after a rather trying day, only to find that he had supper waiting on the table. Can you imagine how many points he scored? In the same mail was another letter. May I quote my Dallas-born husband? 
Housework belongs entirely to the woman of the house. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. A man brings home his hard-earned blood and sweat money, and God made women to do the rest. Yes, ma'am, I think his opinion stinks, but I can't seem to get through to him, and the lady had signed her name. Now, let me ask you a question. Which one of those two men do you think have the happiest marriages? Which one do you think is the most loved and respected and the most productive on his job? You know, the Bible says, he who would be the greatest among you must become the servant of all. Now, I don't necessarily have to confess this because a lot of you know it. I didn't always feel this way in my own life. I have some statements and see you at the top concerning work around the house that is an embarrassment to me. I cannot unprint the words that are there, but I just want you to know when you begin to look at it carefully, this, ladies and gentlemen, this approach, I'm absolutely convinced makes a difference in life. You're being sensitive. You're being careful. You're being respectful. You're being thoughtful. You're being smart also. What do you do when you're the one who does all the giving and the other person just does all the receiving? Well, I guess at one time or another, all of us have felt like the Martha in the George and Martha story. Now, I'm not talking about the father of our country, but in this little scene, George is in the hospital, flat of his back. He's had a serious operation, and his wife, Martha, is seated right in front of him. And when he awakens from the operation, he looks at her and he says, you know, Martha, me and you sure have been through a lot, haven't we? And she said, yes, George, we really have. He said, you know, when we were first married, things were awfully tough. And at the end of the first year, we had a good crop and it looked like we we're going to be able to pay our debts and maybe even get us a little car to drive around in. And then there was a hailstorm and it destroyed every bit of our crop. And it was really hard on us. And Martha, you were right there. And she said, yes, I was, George. And he said, you remember then three years later, we had a huge crop and it was in the barn. We were going to be able to pay all of those bills. We were going to be able to buy that new car we had been talking about. I mean, we were excited. And then lightning struck the barn. And not only did it burn down and burn our crops, but it burned our tractor and all the equipment. It was really tough, Martha. And, and you were right there. And she said, yes, I was, George. And he said, then, you know, we decided to get in dairy farming and we'd had the herd together and we'd paid for all the milking equipment to pasteurize the milk and all. And then a disease hit the herd and destroyed them all. And Martha, you were right there. And she said, yes, I was, George. And he said, now here I am in the hospital, real sick, serious operation. And Martha, here you are right with me. And she said, yes, I am, George. Then he said, you know, Martha, I'm beginning to believe you're a jinx. <laughs> now, at some time, all of us have probably felt that way. I know in every marriage that happens, where it appears that one does all the giving and the other does all the taking. So the question is, when that happens, what do we do? Whether it's the husband who feels he's doing all the giving or the wife who feels like she's doing all the giving. Well, the reality is basically human beings are self-centered and selfish. 
And so when they get married, they kind of have to give up some of that. And there's some people who give it up with great reluctance. They go kicking and screaming when you try to make those little changes. This is where communication gets to be so extremely important, not with anger, not with disappointments or frustration, but simply with a calm demeanor. We say, you know, honey, one of the things I married you for and loved you was the fact that you were always kind and thoughtful and considerate. We seem to be on the same page with our financial expenditures and things that seem to be ideal for an ideal marriage. But honey, let me share with you my feelings at this moment. Don't ever say, this is what you ought to be doing. Let me share with you my feelings. I feel like that for whatever reason, I'm no longer appreciated. It seems that I go out of my way to do things for you, and yet you don't seem to be concerned when you come in an hour late for dinner and everything is cold. It seems that you ask me to pick up the laundry and do those other things, and I do them without complaint. But when I ask you to stop by to pick up two cans of tomatoes last night for the soup, you didn't like it at all. Now, honey, am I being unfair? Am I being unreasonable? Is this just one of those things? Or is it something you just haven't thought about? Confront the individual in that way. Because sometimes, particularly us husbands, are not sensitive enough to what the wife is actually doing for us that she is doing for us. One of the little things that has made our marriage so stable and happy is we make it a habit every day to do something for the other one that the other one is capable of doing for themselves. For example, years ago, I stopped carrying my money in a wallet. I just fold it over and put it in my pocket. In the evening, I lay it on the bathroom counter. She started counting my money. And when she did not think I had enough, to cover emergencies on the next trip out of town, she'd go get me some more. Now, that's not a big deal, but what it says is everything. It says, honey, you're very important to me. I love you very much. And I'll be more comfortable knowing that on this trip, if there's an emergency where you need cash, that you will neither be delayed, embarrassed, or even endangered. That says a lot. Husbands and wives, it's those little things that make such a huge difference in your marriage. We need to be sensitive to the fact that when our mate is giving to us, we also need to be giving to them. You know, the Bible says it is better to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. A successful, happy marriage is based on two givers and two forgivers. When you put those two things together and do these other things we've discussed in these sessions, you've laid the basis for a happy, healthy marriage. 
Well, that probably gave you something to think about. I know it did for me. What is something you can do for your spouse today that would tell them you love them? Zig often talks about the home court advantage of having a strong marriage. Do something today to court your spouse. Thank you so much for letting Zig and our entire staff into your lives in 2008. We wish you a blessed 2009. This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.